Hello and welcome to the Wittenberg Door, a weekly broadcast that examines what Lutheran Christians believe about God, the world, and us. I'm Pastor Brett Cornelius of Gethsemane Lutheran Church, and I invite you to join us for the next hour. And later, we will take questions at 740-383-9944, that's 740-383-WWGH, or on Facebook at the Wittenberg Door, where you can submit your questions live. Please join us now on the Wittenberg Door. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Most holy, light of light eternal, born of a virgin, a mortal he comes, son of the Father, now in flesh appearing. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Sing choirs of angels. Sing in exaltation. of heaven above. Glory to God in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore
Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to the Wittenberg Door. We hope you're having a blessed Christmas and uh, that the meaning and purpose of Christmas is known to you this day. If not, we're going to do our best this morning to make it known to you. Our broadcast this morning, I was going to say, I had this little little line rehearsed. I was going to say that our broadcast is pre-recorded, but uh, Scott decided to put us on live. So folks, we are live, and uh, later when we uh, begin to uh, go over our topics, if you want to have a contribution to our program, the number is 740-383-9944. That's 383-WWGH. I'm Pastor Brett Cornelius of Gethsemane Lutheran Church, and with me today is my friend uh, Lee Hall. Hi. Lee is one of the elders at our church, and Lee has decided to join us. Uh, I'm glad of that. We always use the extra voice on the broadcast. And Scott, of course, is uh, manning the controls. Uh, Scott, nice to have you today. Oh, it's good to be here. Christmas Eve. It's a Christmas fun day. Eve, yes. And, and so, folks, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Usually, I have some kind of news story or topic um, to go over and kind of cover from a Christian perspective, editorialize a little bit, and uh, think about, uh, I, I, I like to think about how the news is received uh, as how we receive the news as Christians and and how we are to think on the things that are happening in the world and and what it means for us now of course today we're just going to go over the the wonderful joyous blessed news uh, of the Savior's birth one of the great mysteries of the Christian faith is the incarnation of the Son of God uh, the incarnation of God himself and so today we're going to sing, we're going to sing some carols. I haven't. This is the first time I've broken my guitar out. I think in about a year. <laughs> so be patient with me a little bit on the guitar. Uh, but these hymns are just so wonderful. Uh, you know, uh, Lee. You know that as Lutherans, uh, one of the purposes of our hymn singing is uh, to teach the faith, right? Yeah. Uh, hymns are really theology set to music, and that's uh, kind of the Lutheran contribution to, uh, I mean, not a Lutheran contribution, but uh, one of the Lutheran emphasis of uh, of hymnody. It's not so much to make us feel something as it is to make us know something, uh, God and his work and us and uh, you know, uh, I like to say that we, we cover the news and we like to talk on the on the broadcast about God, the world, and us. And that's what really him that he does. It really talks about God, the world, and us and and uh, what God, especially what God has done for us. So here we are. Now there's uh, the, the good news that Christ, we have a Savior in Christ Jesus, uh, does make us joyful and triumphant. It does give us a sense of joy and gladness hopefully, but it's because there's substance to this news. Uh, in other words, uh, God is not just going for our feelings. God is not excluding our feelings from our faith, but he's not just going for our feelings. He's going for some kind of substance. Some There's a reason for us to be joyous. And what is the reason for us to be joyous? Well, look, some of you are celebrating Christmas this year, and maybe you don't have loved ones that you had last year. 
Maybe your children have grown up and Christmas morning isn't quite what it used to be. Maybe you've had family moved away or you've had to move away. Maybe you're a, maybe you're a, a, a stranger in Marion taking a job here and uh, working here but uh, not really knowing anyone. Um, and then, you know, all the things that people typically say, Americans say about Christmas, about family and about, you know, uh, being with family on Christmas. Maybe it just doesn't mean much to you this year. Uh, and so if that's the meaning of Christmas, that could be, that could be pretty depressing. But what Christmas is really, you know, as you hear this all the time, what is Christmas all about? What is Christmas all about? Well, what Christmas is really all about is God coming to a dark world, sending his son to be our savior, born of flesh, born like us, taking on our humanity so that he might do what we could not do, live a life that, that conforms to God's will and go to the cross and suffer and die for us. Well, if, if, that's, if that's what it is, then, then what Christmas Day means is God has come. God has come to rescue us. And so uh, the substance of these hymns, think about the substance of this hymn that we've sung, highest, most holy, light of light eternal. That is God who is, is the light, eternal light, uh, uh, the one who had no beginning and no end. Now he's born of a virgin and he comes to us in the form of, a, of mortal man, son of the father, now in flesh appearing. God made flesh. And this is what is so, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, Paul says that the, the gospel is like a stumbling block. And many people stumble over this. The ancient Greeks would have stumbled over this news that, that God has become one of us because for them, God was so different. God was so separate. And the bridge, the, the gulf between God and man was so wise, wide that it could never be bridged. But what the Christian good news is, what Christmas is, is that, that bridge, that, that gulf has been bridged by God himself. Come, born the king of angels. And, uh, and we think about Christ's words at his resurrection. Uh, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We think about... Um, uh, the announcement in Jerusalem when the wise men come saying, where is he who was born king of the Jews? Uh, and we know that he is king not only of the Jews, but king of, of the whole world. And so the whole world today, all around the world, all around the world, people are thinking about this great mystery of God coming in the flesh. You know, folks, even we think of... Uh, uh, we think of our American Christmases as gathering around trees or or maybe gathering around the dinner table with a big turkey on top, you know, and, and uh, feasting, which is great, wonderful, love it. But, you know, uh, there are Christians right now in Iraq and in Syria who this day are thinking about the incarnation and are joyous with the good news that that we have a Savior someone who has come into their dark world to rescue them and to give them life. So um, what we're going to do now 
as we usually do, we go over the lessons for each Sunday Sunday morning. Well, these lessons aren't going to be for Sunday. These lessons are for tonight, our Christmas Eve service at 7 p.m. By the way, at Gethsemane Lutheran Church, if you don't have a a church that is uh, having service, uh, you're welcome to come. We have a seven o'clock service tonight at Gethsemane. We also have a ten o'clock service tomorrow morning that you're that you're welcome to come to. Two nineteen East Church Street. It's right beside Rocky's Bicycle Shop in Marion. So uh, the lesson for tonight, though, is from Isaiah chapter nine. And Lee, will you read for us uh, uh, the Isaiah lesson? Beginning of verse two, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. They are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Yeah, this is a wonderful text from Isaiah who who writes about 800 years before Christ. He writes at a time that the kingdom of God is divided. There was uh, all the tribes of Israel that were rescued out of Egypt and uh, this is after the great great King David, who, who was the one king for all of Israel. Now Israel's divided. There is a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. The northern kingdom is just about uh, uh, pagan. It's really, in, in a lot of ways, it's no better. The northern kingdom of Israel is no better in their day than were the pagans that lived in Canaan before God brought the people of Israel into Canaan. Uh, they have forsaken their God, and they have begun to worship other gods, Baal and Asherah, and the kings of Israel set up a, a, a calf, both in, uh, in the north and in the south, uh, where the people of Israel were expected to worship. That was to be then, by the decree of the king of Israel, their place of worship. And so northern Israel... Uh, the northern kingdom, was a very dark place. And it was an oppressive place. Imagine the king who tells you what God to worship. Right? And, because of, and because of their unfaithfulness, uh, God used the nations around them to punish Israel. And so they were not only the, under the burden of a, of a pagan king, but they were under the burden of all these foreign governments that came and, and uh, taxed them and uh, uh, ruled them uh, with an iron fist. And so it's a very, a very dark place. And, and Isaiah is thinking especially of that place in northern Israel, the northern kingdom, where Christ would, 
would uh, live as an adult, where he would begin his ministry in, in, the, in the region of Galilee. He says, the people who walked in darkness, that is, that, that, that nation of Israel, who was meant to dwell in light, and now we're dwelling in a deep darkness, um, they have seen a great light. In other words, a light has appeared. We just sang it, didn't we? Light of light, eternal. Uh, that light, Christ himself. And because of this, now this nation that is in darkness and, and is depressed, um, they have increased their joy. They're, they can, in this, in this uh, news that God has brought them, they, have, uh, they can rejoice before God as somebody who rejoices at the harvest. In other words, some rich yield is coming to them. And uh, and they are and and the yoke of the burden that is uh, the the people who were oppressing them, and the people who were ruling over them that yoke over them is, is the kind of the uh, agricultural language that is used. You know, a yoke was something you put on an oxen to to kind of uh, use the oxen and to make it your slave, and uh, so a yoke is kind of a, a kind of the imagery of of a forced service. And that yoke is going to be broken. The rod of the oppressor is going to be snapped as on the day of Midian. And God is referring to a, Isaiah is referring to a, a previous deliverance that God had, had given the nation of Israel. Uh, and uh, the warriors are going to be put down. He says, why? Why is all this happening? Because unto us a child is born. And unto us a son is given, and the government will rest on his shoulders. In other words, that king, that son of David, is coming. And when he is born, it is a reason for good news because he will break the yoke of the oppressor. What does that mean? What does that mean for us here in this, we might say even today, this great darkness where people are so confused about who God is and, and what he does for them or what he has done for them. What does it mean that uh, they, they uh, now a light has dawned? Well, it means that they have a Savior. It means that uh, death and hell and the great enemy of mankind, Satan, his oppression and, and those horrors of death and hell have been broken by a Savior who died and rose again. And the government rests on his shoulder. That is, all who, that is, he is the king. He is the one who rules. And everyone who lives under that, under that rule has joy as those who rejoice in a harvest. And who is this? Now, this is no ordinary person being born, Isaiah is telling us. This is not just... Uh, uh, he is born in flesh appearing, but it is not just flesh and blood. It is not just man, but God himself. And so Isaiah says that his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And uh, on the throne of over... So this is God himself. Isaiah, 800 years before Christ, is telling us that the, the king, the savior who comes is not just an ordinary man, but God in the flesh. And that he is going to establish the kingdom with justice and righteousness. You know, folks, 
we are at the beginning of a, a political season in our country in which uh, there is hope uh, from our political rulers uh, that they will they will fulfill their God-given duty. Uh, governments are instituted among men for the purpose of justice and righteousness. But we know that governments don't always deliver justice and righteousness. Folks, this one, Christ, has delivered justice and righteousness. By his life, death, and resurrection, he has delivered justice, that is deliverance to us. And so the government rests on his shoulders. And um, this is not something that flesh and blood is going to accomplish. Uh, Isaiah says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. In other words, God's burning desire to save mankind is what's going to carry all this out. So when we see the babe at Bethlehem, what we see is the zeal of the Lord of hosts, that God who has been wanting to deliver mankind throughout history is now doing it in Jesus in the babe born at Bethlehem. Now, that's wonderful news. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, and, of course, uh, God is not just uh, after our emotions, but when we hear good news like this, how can we not be joyous? How can we not be um, feel a sense of, of joy and, and, and happiness, right? So here's another, uh, another Christmas hymn that many people love. Uh, very beloved hymn, Joy to the World. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and Sing and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs implore. While fields and floods, rocks, hills, and sounding joy repeat the sounding joy repeat repeat the sounding joy no more let sins and sorrows grow nor thorns infest the ground what becomes
wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders wonders of his love wonderful wonderful hymn you know that i think uh the real theological uh catchphrase there or the real the real theological uh bite or substance of that hymn is um, he comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. Uh, you know, Lee, what is, what, what is the hymn writer referring to when he, when he says the curse? What does he mean by that? What is the curse? The, the curse of death that uh, we inherited from Adam. Yeah. And we find this in Romans chapter 5 don't we, uh, that uh, in Adam we have all sinned, right? We're all sinners in Adam. And, and the curse that flows from that is death, the grave. What else? What is uh, the thistles that will grow as a result of our labors instead of yielding fruit. Yeah. Every, everything is cursed. In, in a sense, uh, all creation is cursed. You have deformity. You know, people wonder, by the way, and this is a, a you know, uh, this is a, a, a topic called theodicy. I don't know if folks have ever heard of the, the topic theodicy. What it means is um, uh, kind of a defense of God, right? Uh, why do we need to defend God? Well, people see in the world, they see um, crippled children or blind children, right? And, and they wonder, how can there be a God when terrible things like this happen and children get cancer? For instance, children get bone cancer. The comedian, I forget his name, I think Stephen Fry, English comedian, he says uh, he's being interviewed in a, in a, uh, on English television, and uh, they asked him, what, what, would you, what would you say to God if, if there was a God, what would you say to him if you saw him? And he said, I think I'd say, what about bone cancer in children, Right. This is, a, this is kind of a, a difficult question. Uh, why do we have such suffering in the world? Why do, why do um, you know, the question, why do good things happen, why do bad things happen to good people, right? Well, uh, the, the answer is the curse, sin. That's why things happen. And God, who commanded Adam not to sin, and warned him of the consequences of sin, and Adam sinned anyway. And it's Adam's sin that brought these curses into the world. Now, here's the thing. This is this is really kind of a, this is what makes this joy to the world so joyous. Is he comes to make his blessings, Christ's blessings, known far as the curse is found. So wherever God's wherever. Wherever judgment and curse has touched the world, Christ comes so that blessings will flow to that place. So those who are oppressed by death and disease and deformity and, and uh, dysfunction, by the way, in families, a uh, lot of things, a lot of, a lot of times, you know, uh, family is a really wonderful thing this time of year, but... Uh, you know, sometimes families can be dysfunctional. It's another curse. It's another curse of sin. Well, when Christ came, 
when he suffered on the cross, when he took the curse for us, uh, what, is, uh, what does Paul say about uh, the, the curse that Christ took for us in Galatians? Do you remember, Lee, what he says? About uh, cursed is everyone. Oh, that's hung on a tree. Yeah, cursed is everyone who was hung, hung on a tree, right? When Jesus was hung on a tree, he took the curse for us so that his blessings might flow to us instead of the curse, so that life may come instead of death, so that eventually at his coming, health may come instead of sickness and disease, right? So that wholeness may come instead of deformity, so that joy may come instead of dysfunction. This is, uh, this is how Jesus, this is where Jesus makes uh, his blessings flow far as the curse is found, it is found in Christ and in his life, death, and resurrection and in, in the salvation that he brings to us. So, wonderful. Uh, now, we have another, uh, you know, I always, I lose track of time here. I, this show always goes faster than I expect it to go. Uh, you know, instead of, Lee, instead of going uh, to uh, the Titus passage, Folks, we're going to skip over the epistle lesson, and we're going to go, because we're, uh, we're going a little farther ahead than I thought, we're going to go to the uh, gospel lesson for this evening, and that is uh, found in Luke chapter 2. So, Lee, will you read um, to about uh, verse 7, so about that first paragraph. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered, this is the first registration where uh, Quinarius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went also up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Okay, very good. Uh, folks, this is a hymn. Now, this is probably a, a little less lesser known hymn. Uh, it's, it's a hymn from uh, the fourth century. So this is a hymn that Christians have been singing for a very long time, called Of the Father's Love Begotten. Of the Father's love begotten, ere the world began to be, He is Alpha and Omega, He the source of ending, He of the things that are that have been. And that future years shall see Evermore and evermore Oh, that birth forever blessed When the virgin full of grace By the Holy Ghost conceiving for the Savior of our race And the babe, the world's Redeemer First revealed his sacred face 
evermore and evermore. This is he whom seers in old time chanted of with one accord, whom the voices of the prophets promised in their faithful word. Now he shines the long expected. Let creation praise its Lord evermore and evermore. O ye heights of heaven, adore him. Angel host his praises sing. Power dominions bow before him and extol our God and King. Let no tongue on earth be silent, every voice in concert ring, evermore and evermore. Christ to thee with God the Father, and O Holy Ghost to thee, Him enchant and high thanksgiving, and unending praises be. Uh, honor and uh, honor, glory and dominion, and eternal victory evermore and evermore would you read that next paragraph for us and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and an angel of the lord appeared to them and the glory of the lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. A great and mighty wonder a sure and holy cure. I'm going to change key in that, I think. <laughs> a great and mighty wonder, a full and cure. The virgin bears the infant with virgin honor pure. Proclaim the Savior's birth. To God on high be glory and peace to all the earth. The Word becomes incarnate and yet remains on high. And cherubim sing anthems to shepherds from the sky. Proclaim the Savior's birth. To God on high be glory 
and peace to all the earth. While thus they sing your monarch, those bright angelic bands, rejoice, O vales and mountains, and oceans clap your hands proclaim the Savior's birth to God on high be glory and peace to all the earth since all he comes to ransom by all be he adored the infant born in Bethlehem, the Savior and the Lord, proclaim the Savior's birth. To God on high be glory and peace to all the earth. Last stanza. All idols then shall perish, and Satan's lying cease. And Christ shall raise his scepter, decreeing endless peace. Proclaim the Savior's birth. To God on high be glory, and peace to all the here again, you know, I'm just struck again by the theology that's in this. You know, we, it said uh, he comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Uh, in the previous hymn, by the way, folks, that means that wherever Adam's sin has touched mankind, that is exactly how far God is bringing his salvation now, there are some, by the way, some even some Christian churches that don't teach this. They think that God comes to save some. But folks, we know from Scripture that God comes to save all. Romans chapter 5 tells us that where, where Adam's sin has affected mankind, so also Christ's redemption has affected mankind. And folks, that means that Christ died for you. For you personally. He saved you from your sins. And this is uh, this uh, hymn that we just sang. Since all he comes to ransom, by all be he adored. In other words, you have been included in the ransom of Jesus. You have been included in his life, death, and resurrection. He saved you that way. And he comes to be adored by you. That infant born in Bethlehem. An infant born in Bethlehem, your Savior and your Lord, proclaim your, the the uh, proclaim the Savior's birth to God on high be glory, and peace to all the earth. Uh, Lee, will you finish reading that that passage for us? And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest." When the angels went away from them into heaven the shepherds said to one another let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger 
And when they saw it, they made known the saying that was had been told to them concerning his this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Very good. Folks, this is a, another hymn from the... Uh, 15th century, uh, uh, written by a, a, a guy named, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 16th, 16th century, written by a guy named Paul Gerhardt, um, and actually 17th century. I think I'll get these centuries straight here in a second. <laughs> the 17th century, but very old hymn, and one that uh, is, is very good. Uh, uh, this is, O Jesus Christ, thy manger is. O Jesus Christ, thy manger is A paradise at, at which my soul reclined For there, O Lord, doth lie the Word Made flesh for us Herein thy grace for He whom the sea and wind obey Doth come to serve the sinner in great meekness Thou God's own Son with us art one Dost join us and our children in our weakness. Here's uh, he whom this, uh, the, the sea and wind obey doth come to serve the sinner in great meekness. Here is this, here is the Savior being born a child, great meekness, being laid in a manger. And why does he come? He comes to serve the sinner. Folks, Jesus did not come to save the righteous but to call sinners to repentance. And here we have, here we have this, the, our great Savior coming to serve the sinner, God's own Son, who becomes with us one. Thy light and grace Our guilt efface Thy heavenly riches With all our loss retrieving Emmanuel, thy birth doth quell the power of hell and Satan's bold deceiving. Our guilt is effaced, folks. Our sin is wiped away because this Savior has come to us. Thou Christian heart, where'er thou art, be of good cheer and let no sorrow move thee. For God's own child in mercy mild joins thee to him. How greatly God must love thee. Remember thou what glory now the Lord prepared before all earthly sadness. The 
angel host can never boast of greater glory, greater bliss or gladness. The world may hold her wealth and gold, but thou, my heart, keep Christ as thy true treasure to hold him fast until the last a crown be thine and honor in full measure wow what a wonderful that last stanza what a wonderful message that is to um uh, uh, a world that is often obsessed with commercialism at this time of year, right? Uh, folks, uh, the world may hold her wealth and gold. The world may value things that are perishing. But you, Christian, keep Christ as your true treasure, that true gift that God has given to us in his Son. To him hold fast, until at last a crown be thine in honor in full measure. What a wonderful, what a wonderful message this Christmas is. Now, folks, uh, I want to remind you again, Gethsemane Lutheran Church, we have our services at um, 7 p.m. tonight for Christmas Eve and 10 a.m. in the morning, Christmas Day. If you don't have a, if you if you don't have a church home, or if you don't have a church home that's holding the service, we we welcome you to be with us and to share this wonderful, the joyous, uh, wonderful good news with us again as we meet together to receive the incarnate Christ in His body and blood. Um, it's been wonderful. I'm glad, folks, that you've uh, joined us for this for this uh, broadcast. And we will rebroadcast tomorrow at 10, or tomorrow, I'm sorry, tomorrow at 11.13, Sunday morning at 9.13, and next Wednesday night at 7.13 p.m., 9.13 a.m. on Sunday and uh, 11.13 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, So we're going to end. Do I have time for one more hymn? Okay, very good. We're going to end with a hymn, folks, that... um, you're all familiar with everybody that loves this hymn and of course it's full of uh, again rich theology uh, uh, God's proclamation is being brought to us here in this hymn Hark the Herald Angels Sing and this will be our, our final hymn for today thanks for joining us Hark the Herald I'm going to start in a different, a different key I hope this will be the right key when I get a little higher Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled Joyful all ye nations rise Join the triumph of the skies With angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King. I think that's right at the top of my ma- top of my uh, range there. <laughs> 
Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, made in time, behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased with man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel, heart the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King. <clears throat> Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, Hail the Son of Righteousness, Light and life to all He brings, Risen with healing in His wings, Mount He lays His glory by, Born that man no more may die, Born to raise the sons of earth, Born to give them second birth, Art the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King. Amen. Play an eight tiny, tiny reindeer with a little old driver so lively and quick I knew in a moment it must be Saint Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on, on Donner and Vixen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all, as dried leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky, so up to the housetop, the coursers they flew, with a sleigh full of toys, and St. Nicholas, too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his back. His eyes, how they twinkled, his 